class tonight. Uh, take your Bible and go turn it anywhere you want to. Just anywhere. It's all good. You can't go wrong anywhere you go in the Word of God. Just go there and trust it. Uh, we'll, we will, I will give you some Bible uh, uh, scripture in a moment uh, throughout the thought tonight. Um, we are, uh, this is our, well, this is our adult Sunday school class, and we cover a lot of different things uh, throughout the time uh, that, we, that we're in here. Um, uh, right now, we've been, uh, we've been going through uh, the home builder's material, talking about building a strong family, strong home for the glory of God. Uh, tonight we're going to do that, but we're going to veer away from our, um, from our um, material that we've been teaching. I, I said this morning, come back tonight, we're in the framing stage. Uh, we're still there, let's just, let's just let this be a part of it. Uh, but uh, I, I want to I talk to you tonight. Some things that, uh, I tried to take a nap this afternoon, and I got back over here to my office. Uh, I'm like Mr. Rogers uh, I got I got I got my shoes and then I got my other shoes and so I got to my office took these off and sung won't you be my neighbor put my other ones on and to put my little sweater I'm kidding uh, but uh, I got a little easy chair in my office um, and so I, I took these shoes off put my slip-on shoes on and laid back in my easy chair closed my eyes about 10 minutes into it the phone rang and uh, my wife always tells me, put that thing on silent, and if that way if somebody calls you, it don't wake you up, and I always forget. And so it rang, woke me up, and uh, then uh, I, I tried to go back to sleep, just a 30, 40-minute nap in between church this evening, and my mind was racing, and I was thinking, and the Lord gave me some thoughts this afternoon while I was sitting over there, and so I, I got up out of my easy chair, went up to my office desk, and, and wrote them down. I'd go sit back down close my eyes again, and then I'd think some more. I'd get up and go write it down and go sit back down. did this about four or five times until I realized there's no point in going and sitting back down. And so I, I sit there, and uh, tonight, here's what I want to I give you. Uh, I, I want to I share tonight. You can take it or leave it. Most of you take it. I, I kid around and say nobody listens, but most of you take it. Uh, but you can take it tonight or you can leave it. But I want to give you some advice from your preacher. Uh, that's a thought that I, that I have in my heart tonight, advice from my pastor. Uh, if you are in the habit of taking notes, it'd be a good night to take them. If you're not in the habit, it'd be a good night to at least do it. Uh, and if you didn't bring anything to take those with, I'm sure it'll be on a recording. We know it will online, uh, and you can probably get a hold of it and listen to it. Uh, but I want to give you some advice uh, that I have tried to live by. Uh, some advice that I have uh, 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 done the best that I can, most of the time at least, I hope, uh, in, in, in living by my own advice, uh, and advice that I think will help you, uh, especially uh, when we're talking about young Christians starting out, but not even that. Sometimes I think that those of us who've been saved a little while uh, kind of feel like we get a handle on things, and the truth is is that we don't have a handle on much. The only reason we're here is what has a handle on us, or who has a handle on us. And uh, so I, I want to I share um, some advice 
from your pastor, for your family, for your home, for your life. Uh, three things, and all three of these things are going to have some things underneath them, so I'm not going to lie to you. There's three things, and each three things has about five things, and, and then those five things have about two or three things, and so there's a lot of things I'm going to give you tonight. Uh, but three main thoughts that I want to share with you. If somebody were coming to me and saying, Preacher, I, I want to know what I need to do to live for God. I want to know what I need to do for my family. What would be your advice? Well, here would be my advice number one. It's real simple. It won't take you long to write it down. Two words. Number one, get in. That's my advice. Get in. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean a lot of things by that, and I'll explain it to you tonight, but get in. And get all the way in. And, and, and get in head first and don't hold back. Get in to the things of God. Uh, I wrote down several things that you need to get into, that I need to get into, that we need to get in and stay in. Number one... Get in God's family. If you're here tonight and by chance you're not saved, if you're here tonight, and I assume that most folks on a Sunday night are, but I also realize that many times there are folks that are not. You may have learned how to play a religious game. You may be lost and know it and would admit it or ask. Either way tonight, get in. Get in God's family. Uh, I thought about as I sat there this afternoon um, uh, about individuals that were so close to God in the Bible and yet they never got in. They were so close to truth and they never got in. I thought about Luke 15, the prodigal's older brother. The Bible calls him the elder brother. And uh, he came to the party of the uh, welcoming home of the, uh, of the younger brother, his prodigal brother. He comes to the party and he walks up to the porch and yet he won't go in. And he stands on the outside and he misses all the music, he misses all of the merry, he misses all of the uh, enjoyment and the blessedness of being in because he's on the outside looking in. And so my advice, if you're outside, get in. I'll say it again, if you're outside, get in. I thought about Judas Iscariot. The Bible said that Judas... Uh, we know he was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. He spent three years with the Lord Jesus on this earth. Jesus in a physical body. Judas Iscariot is with him uh, day in and day out. And the Bible said this about Judas, that he kissed the door or, or that he kissed the Lord Jesus. And somebody said at one time that Jesus said, I am the door. And so ultimately Judas kissed the door to heaven. And yet he died and went to hell because he would not get in. And uh, if you sit in here, how miserable church must be to you if you're on the outside looking in. And you're around it, and you hear it, and you see it, and you know it, and yet you don't get in. I want to say to you, get in God's family. Uh, I thought about Michael, Saul's, uh, I thought about Michael, Saul's uh, wife, or Saul's daughter, David's wife. You remember, we talked about it this morning, Second Samuel, when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into uh, uh, into Israel and he danced before the Lord with all of his might and the Bible said that Michael sat on the window and she uh, the seal of the window and she looked out the window and she watched David dance and praise God she watched David and Israel rejoice and she was so close to that she was so close to that truth she was so close to that joy and yet she would not get in 
She stood there and she criticized what they were doing. She criticized what David was doing. And my advice to everyone in here tonight, if you're not in God's family, get in. That's good advice. Get in. Uh, assuming that you are saved tonight, uh, I, I, would, uh, I would say get in uh, the, not only the family of God, but get in the water. Get in the water. Uh, what do you mean by that? If you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized. I, I'm just giving, you, just giving you advice. If you've been saved and you know you're saved, and you say, preacher, do I have to be baptized to go to heaven? No, you don't. Do I have to be baptized to go to God's heaven? No, but you have to be born again. And if, you be, if you're born again, we have an instance of a man, uh, uh, the thief on the cross next to Jesus, he got saved at the very last minute, last hour of his life, and he never got into water, but he got into the family of God. And getting into the family of God is through the blood of Christ, but living a life of obedience to the will of God starts with doing the very first things that God says do. And the first thing that God tells us to do after we're saved is to get baptized. And if you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you. Just some advice from your preacher. Uh, follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Do that thing that uh, is a part of the church, that, uh, that ordinance that, is, uh, uh, um, that follows salvation. You'd be surprised how many folks uh, sit in our churches and they're good people, they're God-fearing people, they're Christian people. They, they know they're saved and, and, and a fear of water or a fear of getting in front of people keep them from getting baptized. Uh, and there's a lot of things that you're not ever going to get past. There's a lot of things that you're not ever going to grow into until you come to the place where you're willing to submit yourself to, to, to getting baptized uh, and following the Lord in believers' baptism. Uh, it, it, it is imperative, not to salvation, but it is imperative to obedience to the will of God in your life. So get in the water, get baptized. Uh, how do I do that, preacher? Come see me and we'll set up a time. If you know you're saved and you've never been baptized and you need to be baptized and you go to this church or you, you just started coming to this church or you've been going to this church but you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized. And again, baptism won't save you, but it, it, it is the beginning after salvation of obedience to the will of God in your life. And if you want to get in, you'll have to get in the water. If you want to get into heaven, you're going to have to get in the family. If you want to get into the things of God and the will of God for your life, the next thing is after you've been saved, you get in the water. Does that make sense? Uh, get in the water. Um, here's, the, here's the next thing. Get in the church. It's just common every day. Um, I, mean, I say every day. It's just common knowledge maybe, but maybe not. Uh, get in the church. And, and I mean more than attendance. And I think you ought to get in the church and just be there. Uh, involved in what the church is doing, but become a part, make it official, become a part of the church. Uh, join, if you have found, and I believe that you have, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing church that is in line with the Word of God. None of us as individuals could say that we're completely in line all the time with the Word of God, but you can as a church, a church that believes God's Word and takes it literal, in line with the Word of God. If you find a place like that, where the Spirit of God moves and the voice of God is heard and, and conviction and, and growth and strength and all of these things in your life, then get in that church and say, I want to be a part of that church. I want to join that church. And, and, and my advice to you would to be 
if, if you want your family to flourish in the things of God, if you want your life to flourish in the things of God, then put your membership uh, in a spirit-filled, Bible-believing church and say, I am a part of that membership uh, by, by birth. I was born into the family of God, and I am a part of that membership by a letter uh, of joining. I am a member of that church. It is, a, it is an important thing, and I think in our, our generation we have belittled church membership. Uh, you used to couldn't borrow money at the bank, uh, uh, or, or you used to could borrow money at the bank just based on your church membership and your church letter. And if you were in good standing with that church, uh, you'd be in good standing with that bank. Now the world has changed, it's different, it don't work that way anymore, uh, but that was, the, that was the standing that people had in the church. Uh, church membership is vital uh, to your spiritual well-being and your spiritual growth. You need to get in the church. Uh, get in the church. Uh, here's, here's the next thing. Uh, get in the Word. Get in the Word. Um, preacher, I don't understand it all. You don't have to. Just read it. Read it every day. Read it when you feel like it. Read it when you don't. Uh, if you'll take this advice and you say, Preacher, that's awful simple. Sometimes the most simplest things in this world are the things that will transform your life the most. Christianity is not a hard thing. Being a Christian every day of your life, there may be some hard things about it, but Christianity is, the gospel is simple. The, the gospel, we, we make things hard. The gospel is simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Lord made it very simple. If you want to be saved, you can be saved. And if you want to live for God, it is not 12,000 things that you do and 12,000 things that you don't do. It is simply a walk with God that starts with getting in the family of God, following the Lord in believer's baptism, getting in the water, getting in the church, deciding I'm going to be a part of that church and we're going to invest our lives in that church and watch that church invest in us and we're going to get in the Word. Uh, read your Bible when you feel like it read your Bible when you don't feel like it read your Bible when you get up in the morning read your Bible before you go to bed read your Bible saturate your life with the word of God uh, there'll be times you'll read the word of God and it's like the light switch is turned on and the more you read you just I mean God's just speaking to you isn't that wonderful when you're reading the Bible and it's just I mean one thing after another and there'll be times it's like Chinese that's my best Chinese impersonation um, you just I'm just not getting anything read it anyhow you don't have to understand it all uh, the word of God is like a, 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 a cool drink of water uh, on, a, on a hot day the word of God is like a bath when you just come out of a desert sandstorm the word of God is like a, a, a babbling brook on the mountainside somewhere. It is refreshing whether you're understanding it all or not. The word of God is working in you whether you understand all of that. Read the word of God. Get in the word of God. If you want victory in your life, you'll find it in the word of God. Uh, I was not there, but at uh, Holy Grounds meeting, it was uh, told to me, uh, Brother Kelly, uh, he'll, he'll do you this way. He'll just call on you to do something. You know, I, Every time I go preach, he'll say, uh, he'll bring me up there and say, all right, now, uh, you can preach or testify if you want to. That's a broad range, Brother Kelly. Why don't you just tell me what you want me to do? Well, I don't care what you do. You can preach or testify. Okay. 
And so he called on Brother Bud and said, Brother Bud, throw us out a lifeline. And Brother Bud said to him, he said, you, I, I was scared to death. I didn't know what that means. Throw out a life, what do you mean throw, throw us out a lifeline? But Brother Bud, the Lord helped him and he said, uh, he said, you want a lifeline? He said, it's laying in your lap. It's the word of God. It'll save your life. It'll save your marriage. It'll save your life. The Word of God. That is your lifeline. Read it. Get in the Word of God. Preacher, I don't have any victory. Get in the Word of God. Preacher, I don't know what to do with my children. Get in the Word of God. I don't know what to do with my marriage. Get in the Word of God. And if the Word of God can't answer your question, your question don't have answers. But I have found that there's never been a question that the Word of God couldn't answer. May not have been the answer I was looking for. May not have been the answer I was hoping for. But God can, well, preacher, I'm, I'm praying about, you know, this one thing. And there's nowhere in the Bible going to say go buy a new car or go, go buy a new house or whatever it may be. No, but there are principles in the Bible where the Spirit of God can speak to you out of. Get in the Word as a father, as a mother, as a young person, as a single person. If you get in the Word, uh, that, that's some of the best advice anybody can ever give you. It is simple. It is not profound, but it will change your life. Get in the Word of God. Uh, listen to people preach it. Uh, listen to people read it. Read it yourself. Get in the Word of God, because here's what will happen. When you get in the Word of God, the Word of God will get in you. Um, here, here's, here's, uh, here's some more advice. Uh, get in the habit of prayer. Get in the habit of prayer. Make it a part of your life, and it's just a part of your life. And if you have to do that driving down the road, I don't care when you pray. Uh, we, 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 I do think prayer is a holy thing. I do pr- think that there are times of closet prayer. I do think there are times where, where, man, you need to do business with God. But you can ride down the road and talk to God. Get in the habit of prayer. If you've got time in, the, in, in your day where you're washing dishes, you can pray and wash dishes. You can pray and cut the grass. You can pray and ride the motorcycle. You can pray and, and deer hunt. You can pray and get in your closet and turn off the lights and lay before God. You can pray in many different places but get in the habit of prayer. And if you'll talk to God, you know what will happen? God will talk to you. He sure will. I need way too much help in raising children, treating my wife right, and pastoring this church. Uh, I need to be in the habit of prayer. Get in that. And if you're out of it, get in it. That's good advice. It'll change your life. Get in the habit of prayer. Preacher, I don't have time to pray. Then make time to pray. Preacher, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to pray. Then just pray and you'll learn how. It's, it's like breathing and talking. You can figure it out if you practice. And it really is just, just talking to the Lord. Get in the habit of prayer. Uh, I, here, here's, a, here's another piece of advice. And you can just take it or leave it however you want to. Uh, your, your church is fortunate enough to have a Christian school. Uh, get your kids in the Christian school. God put it here, get them in there. You say, preacher, I don't know how we can afford it. Trust God. Preacher, I don't know how it's going to work out. You don't have to know how everything's going to work out. God didn't leave everything up to you to figure out how to work it out. God gave you a church with a Christian school, and, 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 and you can get yours in there, and you ought to get them in there, uh, and you ought to get them in there as soon as you can. 
Uh, that's, that's just advice from your pastor. You don't have to take it. Uh, you can disagree with me. You can say, we're going we're to leave them where they are. But here's my advice. Get them into a place where people are praying for them every day. Get them into a place where the Word of God is preached every day. Get them into a place where they are memorizing Scripture every day. Get them into a place where the Word of God is magnified. Our, uh, some of our teachers just got back from, uh, from, the, uh, from the convention uh, or the... Um, uh, teacher's training and one of the things my wife said to me she said I really like this because you don't hear this in a lot of places the, uh, the, uh, one of the presidents now of the uh, ACE Christian Education said uh, the very first foremost thing that we are behind and that we are pushing is, is Christian Bible uh, and then education second uh, we, 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 listen I'm all for good education but it is a Christian education. And, and, and more than I want your kids to be able to add five plus five, I want them to hear the voice of God. That's important. Uh, take my advice. If you're in the advice-taking business, put them in there. Uh, God can work out the money. Uh, he, always, he always does. God can work out the details. God can work out the arrangements. God can work all of that out. You just trust God and do that thing that is available in your life. Get them in the Christian school. Uh, get them in Sunday school. I'm, I'm, get, you get in Sunday school. Get them in Sunday school. Uh, get in the church and what's going on in the Word of God. Uh, I wrote this down. Whatever your church is doing, get in it. Get in it. Now, now, um, you can take that or not, but get in. The church is the, is the place that God has given us in this world to, to bring about truth, uh, I, I, I know you can read your Bible at home. Thank God you can. I know you can listen to preaching online. Thank God you can. But there is nothing in this world that takes the place of the preaching that goes on within the walls of your church, the fellowship that goes on, the teaching that goes on, the things of God that goes on in your life, in your church, and get in the church. Get in the Sunday school. Get in the school. Get in the water. Get in the family. Get in the word. Get in a habit of prayer. And if you'll get in, You'll find out every bit of that is in you. And you'll raise up kids that every bit of that's in them. Um, and it's, ha- it, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to get 20 years of hell out of them. But I tell you what, it's, it's hard to get 20 years of heaven out of them. And what would you rather spend time trying to get out of them? Hell or heaven? It, 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 you, you say, preacher, I'm, I'm a first-generation Christian. I, we didn't go to church. We're here. We're, we're get so far in that, 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 your, that your grandkids and your great-grandkids have a place that when your kids come up and they bring up their kids, you, you, you get so far in. I know people have a mind of their own, but get so far in. I mean, get off the edge, get off the ledge, get so far in that they have to find the way out because they're way too, close, way too far from the door. 
we like to raise them on the edge of the door and wonder why they keep falling off the ledge. And I understand, I understand that, that, that there's exceptions to every rule, but most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it's because we're on the verge of being out ourselves. And we're so close to the edge. Um, one preacher preached one time on Luke 15. He talked about the far country. And he said, he said, the far country, one thing you can find out about is it wasn't that far. Because it was close enough for that boy to know about it. And it was close enough for that boy to know what was there. Get in. Here, here's the second piece of advice. Y'all still good? Get in. Number two, Go go. Advice from your preacher. Go. Well, what do you mean by go? Well, I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. Go everywhere. And go anywhere. And go every time. Whatever God has got going on in your church, you do it. Now, most people won't take that advice, but if you'll take that advice, you'll find yourself in the middle of stuff. That is life-changing for your family. There'll always be a reason why you can't go. There'll always be a reason why you shouldn't go. There'll always be a reason why you don't need to go. And none of them hold water. Just go. Go. There goes Haley. <laughs> Great illustration. She said, I'm going. <laughs> okay. She's going to get pizza. I knew she was going. She's going to get pizza for tonight. <laughs> but great timing. <laughs> I was preaching in a church in South Carolina, and I was so mad. This has been years ago. I shouldn't tell this story. They had a balcony, and, and they, was a, they was a crazy bunch up there on the balcony. They didn't want to be at church. I wasn't real sure why they were there. And they kept going out on the porch. And, and I know folks sometimes get habits that just take over them. And, um, but you're in bad shape if you can't make it through a whole service uh, without, without three cigarette breaks. That's probably, that, that's probably too much. And, and, and so I was preaching. And, and I, man, they'd just come down the balcony and go out the back door and, and they'd smoke, and then they'd, they'd come back in while I was preaching and bring all of it with them. It was just a big old cloud come floating into me. Well, they did this about three or four times. I was preaching uh, that message I used to preach uh, up and down, how, how, God will, how God will take you down to bring you up and how Satan will take you up to bring you down. And uh, I was in the middle of talking about how Satan will take you up to bring you down. And this one old girl, she was on cigarette break number seven. And she started heading down the steps and missed the first step, and there's about 25 of them. And she rolled down every one of them. Boom, 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 all the way to the bottom. And got up, embarrassed. And what am I going to say? The whole church turned around, they're looking at her. Half of them's concerned, half of them's laughing. And so I said, the only thing you can say, well, thank you, lady, for illustrating our point. God will take you up to bring you, or Satan will take you up to bring you down. And went back to preaching. Uh, anyways, I don't know why I told you that, but I guess Haley. Uh, go! <laughs> go! Uh, go where your church is going. Go and be a part of everything that's going on. Uh, listen to me. If your church is going to a meeting, load up and go. Well, I got so much to do. Yeah, so does everybody else. 
I don't know if you think you live in a world that other people don't, but I have constantly got so much to do. I, we, we, we stay, and I know y'all don't believe that because y'all got this mindset. We got this mindset in the South because two preachers were lazy that we knew years ago, and we think all preachers ever do is eat chicken and work three days a week, and if I could live up to your expectations, I would enjoy my life so much more. But I ain't figured it out. I go constantly. But the greatest places that I go are places that I am going with my church. The greatest things that I do are things that I am doing in the ministry for the Lord. Load up and go. If we're going to a meeting, go. Uh, take your family. If we're, if, we're, if we're a part of a ministry, go. We've been promoting the nursing home as Four nursing homes, I think, that we're going to. Find one of them. Put your name on the dotted little line and say, on that Sunday, we're going to go. But go. That's advice from your preacher. Go to church activities. Uh, go to church meetings. Go to, uh, with your church to uh, ministries. Uh, go to the altar. Don't get so, so proud and so big that you can't go to the altar. Go to, or is anybody hearing me tonight? Go to the altar. It's a good place to go. I wouldn't tell you if I didn't go. And it may not be every song service that I'm going to go to the altar. Sometimes I will, right in the middle of singing I'll go. Uh, but I'm telling you to do stuff that I have practiced in my life. I, I, I try to not let a service go by where I don't find somewhere or sometime to go to the altar because I have found it to be a place that alters my life. Get over your pride and go to the altar. When church altar is caught, just go with the church. Go to the altar. If the church is going to the altar, go to the altar. If they're not going to the altar, go to the altar. Go to meetings. Go to revivals. Uh, go here preaching. Go If the church is going on the second Tuesday night in November or the third uh, uh, Thursday night in December to Cracker Barrel uh, to, 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 uh, to eat gravy and biscuits for supper, I'm just making stuff up, then, then you be there with your gravy and biscuit appetite on. Because that's where your church is at. Go. Go. Well, we just can't do everything. God never asked you to do everything. I'm not asking you to do everything. Just do what your church is doing. Your church ain't that busy. You know why I know that? Because I am your pastor. I'm busy, you're busy, but the church ain't that busy. We meet three times a week, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not an extracurricular activity kind of guy. I'm good with just seeing y'all three times a week. And there's nothing against y'all, but I'm not fun guy. I, I, I like preaching. And if we can revolve everything we do around preaching, I'm fine to just come in here and sing and preach and say, see y'all next time. But there are people, namely my wife, who says, you know, People do enjoy stuff. I'm like, no, they don't. They actually do. They enjoy, uh, they enjoy stuff. They enjoy eating. They enjoy fellowshipping. And I, I said, well, we go out to eat on Sundays. They can come. And she, we'll have arguments. And she'll, not really arguments, but discussions. And she'll say, people like marriage retreats. I said, nobody wants to go to a marriage retreat. That is like pulling teeth. That's horrible. And I got invited to go preach at one last year. And I found out people do like that. It's a lot of fun. I said, you know, I've got a good idea. We should have a marriage retreat. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, I, I, I'm not up for any of the fun stuff. 
We don't do that much. But when we do, all I'm asking is do that. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to do that because uh, if you don't, you're going to hell. If you're a good Christian, no, I'm asking you to do it because I'm giving you advice from your pastor. Do what your church is doing. Are you hearing me tonight? Um, do what your church is doing. Uh, let me say this. If, if it's not for adults, if it's for your kids, then make sure they do it. Make sure they do it. Well, they just, they don't feel comfortable. They're never going to feel comfortable until they do it. And it's like kindergarten. 50% of kids are, are, are strange and just want to go to kindergarten with a bunch of people that they don't know. And it's like, bye, Mom. See you. Well, what's wrong with that kid? And I was that kid. I, 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 yeah, I'll see you all later. I'm going to get on this yellow bus, and they're going to take me somewhere I've never been. <laughs> see you all whenever. I don't, am I coming home? I don't know how this works. I was that kid. didn't bother me a bit. Hudson's that kid. Levi, <laughs> Levi cried the first four weeks of kindergarten. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with this kid? Um, the other half, all right, no, this is uncomfortable. I need you to stay with me. Don't leave me. I'm walking in here with you, but I, if you try to leave me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lose my mind. And you know what you have to do? Leave them. Because they got to go to school, because they got to learn to read, they got to learn to write. And sometimes you just have to say, hey, you're going to this meeting with the church because it's a church meeting. And if you don't feel comfortable, by the time you get done, you'll know all of them real well. And you know what I found? Every single time they come home and they've got friends and they've had a good time, if your church is doing something, send yours to do it. I'll give you another piece of advice on that. If they're in trouble and you've grounded them, Probably we're wasting our time with most of our groundings, but maybe that's the way that works in your life. A good old-fashioned whipping usually works pretty good, and you can be done with it, and nobody has to suffer for three months, including you. Grounding's too much work on me. I don't, I don't like grounding because then I have to. Uh, you can't drive. And then I'm like, hey, I need somebody to go to Taylor Brothers and get some gas for the four-wheeler, but oh, you can't drive. Okay, you're not grounding no more. It don't work good for me. I don't, like, I don't like disciplining you when I have to discipline me. I don't want your discipline to cost me. But if that's how things work at your home and that's what you do, all right, you're in trouble, mister, or you're in trouble, missus, but here's the deal. You're in trouble before the meeting and you're in trouble after the meeting, but you're going with the church to the meeting. Don't ground your children from church stuff. Because this is the one place, this is the place where they hear from God. These are the things that God is working in their life. And if they're in trouble, they need church. Go, make sure your kids go. Uh, If you're married, you can go. Jesus had 12 disciples, and you know many of them had wives. Simon Peter's uh, mother-in-law is mentioned in the Word of God, and they went and prayed for, for his mother-in-law. Simon Peter had a wife. God used him. He served the Lord with a wife. Some, some folks feel like if you get married, you just can't do nothing no more. <laughs> I'm so sorry that your marriage is such a drag that you just can't live no more. Well, I got the old ball and chain. That's everywhere I go. Oh, y'all ain't laughing on that because that hit home a little bit, didn't it? Caleb said he feels good about it. He's not married. Him and Anthony, they're not married. They feel good about that. 
Folks get, well, I got a wife now. I can't do nothing. Bring her with you. You, you know you can serve God with a wife. <laughs> the greatest joy is not having to do this by myself. We get to do this together now. Ladies, you can serve God with a husband. Well, my husband don't like serving God. Well, why in the world don't you marry him? Go to praying that he'll get right with God and want to serve the Lord. Serve God with your family. Serve God. You can serve God with a, with a spouse. Married people can go. People with children can go. Take them with you. Kids ought not be a reason why you can't serve the Lord. You can take kids on visitation. People more liable to open their door to, to you and you've got a child than they are when just some ugly dude standing there. Look like a gorilla. You can take them. You can take kids. People, people give leeway for kids way more than they do adults. I mean, you, you know, well, that's just the baby. They, well, nobody's worried about that. Um, take them. Serve God with them. Go. That's just advice from your preacher. I tell you something. You can go with needs, but we just we need to put brakes on the car, and uh, we need to. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many people in here need to put brakes on the car? I mean, right now in this morning, half the church needs to put brakes on the car. What are you talking about? Well, I need to get the oil changed. I got to put brakes on the car. Little Jimmy needs braces. And little Susie, she's, she's got that weird eye, and we're trying to get it straightened out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. Everybody has needs. Everybody has needs. You hear me? Everybody, everybody's kids needs glasses. Maybe not everybody, but many people. Many people, everybody has, you can go with needs. And here's your Bible verse. Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What are all them things? Well, he's told them, take no thought for your raiment, your clothing. Take no thought for your food. He said, y'all are worried about, well, I, I can't serve you, Lord, because i got to go make a living to make some food on the table. Well, I can't, and I understand working, and I, nobody's asking you to quit your job. Nobody's asking you to, to quit putting food on the table and clothes on the back. But he said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he said, can I not take care of all of these things? I'm going to tell you something tonight. Advice from your preacher. If you put shoes on your Christianity and you'll walk out into this world and actually believe what the Bible says and honor God with what you're doing and put Him first, you'll find out that God is way better at providing your needs than you are. And God can do things in spite of all your million excuses why it can't be done. And you've got a mighty little God that can't take care of your needs if you'll do what he says do I remember 
when God began calling me to Bible college and I was working that job in Chattanooga at the phone company and, and good job and doing good and, and had my whole life and my mind laid out before me. And I remember at night God would keep me up and I remember in the morning God would talk to me and all day long it was the same. And you know when it's the will of God. You know when God is talking to you about things in your life. He wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, He was relentless about it. I remember that night I sat down in my bed and it was about 2 o'clock and I said, God, you won't leave me alone. I don't know why you want me to go to Bible college. I've got this good job and I told God all the reasons that I had. And I said, God, if I leave that, I won't have anything. God gave me Philippians 4, but my God shall supply all your needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, I can take care of what you need. Oh, I'm telling you as your pastor, I'd love to give you some advice tonight. Go. If God calls you to the mission field, go. If there's time to go on visitation, go. If there's a work day at church, go. If there's a school event, go. If there's a, if there's a church function, go. Whatever your excuse is, put it aside and go. Understand that there's some times and some things, but most of our excuses don't hold water. You know that's right. Go. Go to church. Go on Sunday night. I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you're here. Go on Wednesday night. Go when you're tired. Go when you're angry. <laughs> Anybody ever had to go to church when they were mad? Oh, I know you have. I've seen you. But you've seen me. Y'all be honest. Y'all have seen this. It's been one, two times maybe in 15 and a half, 16 years when I came in here angry once or, once or twice. You probably didn't even recognize it. because, Oh, you've seen it. You have to go when you've been fighting with your wife, fighting with your husband, ladies. Oh, he's a pig. I don't even like him. How am I going to go in there and say, oh, how I love Jesus and amazing grace, and I don't even like this man. And you make them... I'm cut eyes and walking and you say something. And you get, oh, hey, brother, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to be here. Praise the Lord. About halfway through, you get under conviction. You realize you're as big a pig as he was or as she was. And then you got to go to the altar and get right with God. And then you got to go back and say, I'm sorry. Your whole thing just got fixed. You'd have spent all Sunday mad. You'd have gone to bed mad Wednesday night and you got it right. You know why? Because you went to church. Go when you're mad. Go when you're tired. Everybody who ever goes to church on Wednesday night, I ain't met one yet who didn't show up tired. I mean, dead, beat, dog, tired. What, what, what do you want? What would you prefer to do tonight? What I prefer to do is go getting something more comfortable than this kick my feet up about that high above my head in front of me. Turn on a TV and just mindlessly watch something until I fall asleep. Everybody comes to church Wednesday night time. Just come on. Come on. Everybody does Sunday night. Just come on. I'm just giving you advice. You can take it or leave it. I'm not even going to get mad at you. Not even throwing stones at you. I'm just giving you advice from your pastor. Go. God opens the door for you to go on a missions trip. Well, I'm just going to have to, and I understand you have to pray about some things, make sure the Lord wants you to go. I understand all that. But here's the reason why most of it, well, I just don't think, our first response, well, I just don't think I'll ever have the money. 
I want you to determine, I'm going to go anywhere God lets me go and anywhere God wants me to go. And I'm not going to let money or none of that be an issue. If God don't want me to go, I'll not go. But I'm not going to worry about things that are out of my control anyhow. Go. Here's the last one tonight. and I'm, It's 7.02. I don't know how long I've been preaching. I think like 12 minutes, I feel like. How long has it been? 12 minutes? Ah, uh, 15 and a half. Get in. Go. Here's the last one. How long for real have I been? Five minutes? Praise the Lord. Brother Tripp said I've been preaching five minutes. I'm good to go. 45 minutes. Uh, here's the last one. Give. You want some advice from your pastor? Give. Give. Somebody said one time, God will test you in two areas of your life often. Giving and forgiving. What's two of the greatest things that the Lord Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for us? He gave himself and he forgave our sins. And two of the hardest things in your life that you'll ever do is give anything and forgive anything. Well, I just can't forgive that. Well, I just ain't going to give that. If you want my advice, and you want to live for God, and you want to serve the Lord, learn to get in, and learn to go, and learn to give. Quickly, and I'll be done. And just so anybody knows, I've asked him, but Tim at a time is, is not. I just know that people listening online don't want nobody to think on Put him on time limit. I wanted to know the time. Uh, give your tithe. Give a tithe. That's 10%. Listen to me, young families. You just started coming to church. You're just getting saved. Just getting in the will of God. Maybe you've been here 10 years or, or longer. Maybe you've never. Maybe you've, you've, and you give here now. But give your tithe. That's 10% of your income. Give it to God. And the tithe goes to the storehouse. Tithe don't go to the soup kitchen, that's giving. And if you want to give to the soup kitchen down the road in Augusta, that's a good thing, but that's not a tithe. The tithe goes to the storehouse. That's Bible principle, Malachi. And there's plenty of Bible principles throughout for anybody who would ever want to argue on the principle of tithing. It's 10% and it goes to God's storehouse. That's the church tithe. And it ought to go to the church that you're a member of. It ought to go to the church that you're a part of. It ought to go to the church that's investing in you, tithe. Um... I remember when I was a kid, we, I'm not knocking my family. When I say things like this, I, well, I had a good upbringing. I love my family. But, but it wasn't that, that we were just faithful, on fire Christians in church. We just, sometimes we were, sometimes we wasn't. But I, I don't remember us ever being a tithing family. I, I know my daddy would give sometimes, but uh, I, I never was taught the principle of tithing. I never was taught that. I remember I got a checking, a checking account. I was 18 years old, and uh, my, my aunt... Uh, who's always been a tither, always been a giver, and still is. Um, there's been very few mission trips that I go on that she's not called me, and she said, I need to meet you or send you some money. I want to give you some money for your trip. Uh, our youth meeting, uh, she called and she said, I, I, I'm excited for what the Lord's doing in y'all's youth meeting. I want to give some money to your church. She hadn't been here in probably 10 years, but she, she wanted to, and she's got a church she tithes to. 
But she, she gave, she gives to stuff around here just because she knows God's doing something. I like, I like people like that. Not because of what I can get out of them, but because, but because I know the heart from which that comes. She got me one day in church and she said, Josh, do you tithe? What kind of question is that? There ought to be somebody in your life can talk honest to you. I said, well, I mean, how do you answer that? No. Uh-uh. After I hem hauled around a minute, you, you tie? No. She said, do you save? No. That's hard words to get out of your mouth. I mean, that's, no, I don't save. No, I don't tie. Do you have any money? No, I ain't got that either. And most folks who don't tithe and don't save don't have any either. And they use that as an excuse why they don't. She said, uh, she said, God's never going to be able to bless what you have if you don't honor him with it. And she said, you as a young man need to learn how to tithe 10% of what comes into your life to God through his church. And you need to learn how to save. I did not, unfortunately, pick up that principle right away. I did tithe some because it was cool to write a check. Like, yes, write a check. But then they, I found out that they cashed them things. And they always cashed them at the worst, most inopportune times. Like, why couldn't they have cashed that three weeks ago? Because you didn't write it three weeks ago when you had money. Uh I, 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 I tithe like this. If I was there and I remembered and I had my checkbook, I tithed. And if I wasn't there and I didn't remember, well, there wasn't no way I was going to make up for it the next week because there wasn't no way I was about to double tithe anything, even though it wasn't really a double tithe because it was week after week. But, but I, I lived, didn't even know what was going on in my money world. And then my wife got married. And God began teaching us. I, I, I hate to say that I was a preacher, but I, and I, I understood at 18, you know, I got that checkbook, I need to start tithing, and I did it, but I, I didn't do it faithfully. I didn't, and no one had ever taught me to do that. And you all teach your children, if they get, if they get, if they get a dime, we're going to give a penny of that to God. Well, that's just dumb. No, it's not. It's, it's dumb to teach your children Bible principles. Give, give that 10% to the Lord. Um, we, God, God started teaching us to tithe. And I'm going to tell you something. Just advice from your pastor. If you don't learn how to tithe, uh, and, 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 and it, it, let me say, there's wealthy people that don't tithe. Not tithing is not going to make you poor. Of course it could. But it sure isn't going to help you be any more obedient to the will of God in your life. And you're going to miss out on some. This is advice from your preacher. Give your tithe. And then here's something separate from that. Give your treasure. That would be giving. And it's two different things. And I'm nearly done tonight. I am. But I want to finish this because I don't want to come back and deal with it again. Advice from your pastor. Give. Give of your treasure. Um... We, 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 we give a tithe, and we give that almost begrudgingly. Well, i got to write my tithe check. Oh, i got to tithe again. You ought to come to the place 
And I've preached it before, but you ought to come to the place where you recognize what a blessing it is to give back. This is what a portion of what God has done for my family. But it is not the same as, as, as tithing and giving are not the same. Though they are similar. I, I, I can give to a homeless man in Augusta, but that's not a tithe. We can take up a special offering at the church, and so we're going to take care of a missionary uh, to do something, and that's wonderful, but that's not a tithe. I don't care if you gave $50,000 to that missionary last year. That's not a tithe to the church. That's an offering, and all you're doing is giving an advance in your tithe uh, if, if, if you're claiming that as a tithe. And, and, and most Baptist folks are like the IRS. I mean, we penny pinch it all the way down to the very last decimal point. $27.22 and a half cents. Why'd y'all get so quiet on me tonight? Is it that bad? I mean, just round that thing up. Give to the Lord. Uh, give. Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. I want to read the first part of that again. I've never seen it. I don't think like this until recently. Give, and it shall be given unto you. What's that it? What you gave. It's not your tithe. That's separate. This is giving. Brother, I want to buy you. I want to buy your meal. Brother, I want to. I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking about stuff that happens in the church world to people. I, I want to give in that offer. I want to, I want to give. I just, want, I just want to bless. I just want to be a blessing. And it shall be given unto you. You know why we don't have very much um, those things happened to us because we never gave it and it's never been given. Most, uh, most Christians miss out on all the miracles. My wife at that training said she'd come home and talking all about it and good stuff. I was excited to hear it. I didn't mean that in a bad way. She'd come home talking of it. I had to listen. No, I, I enjoyed it. She said, uh, one of the preachers said, at, at Jesus' first miracle, he turned the water into wine at that wedding. And they, and they saved all that. Um, most of the time they saved the good stuff for, for, for the last, but in, at this miracle they put the good stuff out first. That's how it was. I had it opposite. They, most of the time they put it out, the good stuff out first, and, but they, in, in this instance they put the good stuff out last. They saved the best for last. That's how the Lord works. And said that the only people who knew that were the people who were serving in the middle of all of that. Everybody else was blind to what was going on. But the people who were involved in it got to witness the miracle that took place. And most people never get to see the miracle that takes place because they are holding on to some meager something that they got not willing to give and watch God do big things. Give. Well, I, I sort of wish it'd be my turn. It is your turn. And you're getting what you've been giving in life. And if you don't give any of your time, I don't know why in the world you expect other people to give their time. 
And if you don't give any of your money, I don't know why in the world you expect somebody to show up and give you any of theirs. And if you don't give anything of kindness or graciousness, I don't know why in the world you would expect anybody to give any of that. Give, and it shall be given unto you. That's advice from your pastor. I'll, uh, <clears throat> I had so much to say, but I never do get done. Um, give. I, I, I'll give you a couple of illustrations and close tonight. Um, I remember I'd surrendered my life to, to the Lord, and many of you have heard this illustration. I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the Lord where He leads me, and that's hard to do, but it's not really. God's taking care of us all the way. I, I remember one time I was, in, I was in Bible college. The Lord's... And I, if you take this like I'm bragging on me, I'm, I'm not, but you ought to have some kind of example to follow behind. The Lord's had me give three vehicles away in my life. Three of them. Well, preacher, I'm just going to pray on this matter and see if the Lord wants me to, to do to do. There's some stuff you don't have to pray about. I was, uh, I was in Bible college, and I had bought me, uh, I'd started a mowing business. And uh, I had bought me um, a truck. There's a truck in our neighborhood for sale. It was a 93 Chevy four-wheel drive single cab pickup truck. Boy, I wish I still had it now. Uh, I sold it for like $2,200, and I'd probably sell it for twelve grand now, the way everything's changed. Wish I had it. I've kicked myself over that. But I bought it. It was the first four-wheel drive truck I'd ever owned. Um, and it was a 93 model. It wasn't nothing special. This was back in 05, but I'd started in the mowing business, and and it was the first four-wheel drive I'd ever owned. I, I had a little 92 Ford Ranger. And uh, it was nothing special, but it was mine. It was paid for. I bought this truck. And I remember I'd gone, uh, we was in college. And boy, I went to Bible college. We worked at the SRP Bank in North Augusta. And we'd gone down there. And I'd got a $3,000 personal loan. And uh, we, we, I went and bought that truck. And I came home, picked up my wife. And we went to Olive Garden in Aiken. Uh, that night in that truck. You remember that? Olive Garden and Aiken in that truck. First time I'd been to Aiken. And uh, we, uh, we, uh, we went and ate that night. And, and anyways, bought this truck. And I don't know why I felt inclined to tell you about SRP and Aiken and all that. So I can make a long, I can make a short story long. Um, we uh, had that ranger sitting in the backyard. And there's a boy I was in Bible college with. He was... Uh, he was uh, in need of a truck, had a wife and kids, and he was working his business out of his wife's car. And uh, I mean, the Lord, you need to give him that truck. That Ranger you've got is sitting there. You need to give it to him. And I said, well, Lord, you know that thing's worth about $2,800. And I'd like to give that to my bank account. I don't reckon I've ever seen that kind of money in my account. I was 20. You don't hang out with $2,800 in your account when you're 20 in 2002. Five, um, and the Lord said, "Well, I'd like for you to give that to that boy." And so I thought I'd do the spiritual thing. I thought I, this is in, uh, insanity. I didn't—I'd never heard of anything like this in my life. I, I didn't hang around nobody that ever talked like that. Give a vehicle away. I mean, it's a vehicle. You don't give that away. I mean, you can give a piece of bread to a hungry man. You can give a T-shirt to a poor kid, but you don't give a vehicle away to nobody. I don't care what it's worth. Uh I called the president of our Bible college and I said, hey, 
I think the Lord is telling me to do something, and I'm, I'm probably crazy. And I thought he was going to tell me, yeah, you're crazy. And he said, well, why would that be crazy? I was like, because it's a vehicle. He's like, God can't pay for vehicles? God can't honor that? I was like, well, yeah, I guess he can. He said, that's the way we operate. He said, we do stuff by faith. And if God tells us to do stuff, we do stuff. And if you're going to live for the Lord, you need to learn that. I said, yes, sir. I called that boy and I said, come get this truck. He said, what? I said, I'm giving you a truck because God told me to. And he came, his wife came, and they cried in the backyard. I handed over the keys. I cried in the backyard. And really, it was, it was surprisingly enough, tears of joy. God was letting me get on something big. I gave it to him. I still had bills next week. I didn't get rich. It wasn't like what they said on TV. You give and you're going to be a millionaire next week. It wasn't like that at all. I still struggled. We had to get, but I just knew I did what God wanted me. I tell you a time that I did. I had that motorcycle. We started our Christian school. Brother Chris, we was needing AC units. Remember that? We was putting heating units over there at the school. And, um, and, and so we was raising money to buy them. And uh, I had that motorcycle, and I wasn't riding it, and I was going to sell it. This is just 10, 11 years ago, and uh, I, I was going to sell it, and the Lord said, I want you to give me that motorcycle. I said, Lord, I got so many bills. I can't do that. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'd bought that thing in South Carolina. I'd moved to Georgia, and, and, and I didn't get the title signed right and made a mistake, and the guy I'd bought it from was in the military, and he'd moved overseas, and I couldn't get him to fix it, and I had to get a bonded title. And I ended up going again. I hate to tell you all this, but I, I didn't obey the Lord. I sold that thing to a fellow back in South Carolina, and I took that money, put it in my bank account, and she was gone. I'm not talking about the motorcycle. I'm talking about the money. It's gone. Gone. I was preaching a meeting in North Georgia, and a man called me, the same man I sold that motorcycle to. He said, hey, I hate to call you with this. He said, but I can't get that motorcycle bonded in South Carolina or titled in South Carolina. He said, because, and I'm telling you, I was under conviction because I'd sold it to him because I was supposed to sell it and give that money to the Lord, and I put that money in my bank account. That man called me back, and he said, I need you to come get this motorcycle. He said, because you're going to have to sell it in Georgia. You can't sell it in South Carolina. I need my money back. I think it was $3,000, $2,800, something like that. I didn't have it. I got a love offering that week, and I scrounged up everything I had and took everything in my bank account and bought that motorcycle back from that man. Brought that motorcycle back home empty-handed. And I said, I felt like Jonah. Okay, Lord, I'm listening now. You ever been there? Okay, Lord, I'm listening. I know I'm going over tonight, but pardon me, please. I'm, 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 I'm listening now, Lord. And the Lord said, you want to do what I asked you to do? I, yes, Lord, I do want to do what you asked me to do. And I sold it to a fellow in Georgia, and I brought it over here and gave it to the church, every bit of it. Every bit of it after I'd had to pay back and lost. And every bit of it. I have learned. Can't outgive God. I could tell you a story. I could sit here all night long, me and my wife, and I could tell you story after story after story. Give your tithe. Give it. Don't, don't penny pinch God. Give your tithe. And give. Give kindness. Give grace. Give offerings. Give money. I hate to tell you this. Because you're going to think that I'm one of them kinds of preachers, and I'm not. 
But sitting over there in that parking lot is a vehicle that in 2019 one of God's people bought for me and my wife and said, God told me to do this and I have the means to do it and said, I'm going to do it. 2019 had about 14 miles on it. Uh, expedition. And I immediately, when we went down there and picked it up, the Holy Ghost said, you remember that day in Bible college when y'all gave me a white Ford Ranger? And you gave it to me? And you thought that was the biggest thing in the world? How's it feel now? I pay pretty good, don't I? And it may never happen to me like that again. It may, but I'm going to tell you something. God, I'm not telling you go give what you got so you can get something else. I'm telling you give because of what God says. Give because you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't, you can't, you can't, you couldn't spend a lifetime and convince me that you can outdo God, that you can outgive God, that God's not faithful, that God can't meet your needs. I have spent the last 20 years of my life, me and this woman, and we have given God what he asked for. I'm, we're not the best at it. There's people a whole lot better than me, but there's one thing, I'll fight you to the grave. You can't outgive God. And if you want advice from your preacher, learn to give. And trust God. He's always took care of Preacher, what do I do? Get in. What do I do? Go. What do I do? Give. Give when it's easy and give when it's not. I wish I had time to tell you stories tonight. I got a bunch of them. Give. Lord, I thank you tonight. I hope that we all leave here convicted. I hope that we all leave here challenged. The funny thing is, Lord, you've proven yourself to me over and over and over again. And every time that I get in a bind, every time that I get in a low place, every time that it gets a little bit scary, I always resort back to doubt. Lord, by this point, you'd think, I just know you've always been faithful to me. And you're going to be. And I thank you for it. I bless your name, Lord, you've given. Give and it shall be given unto you, Lord, you've given. And I'm not a rich man and I don't have a whole lot of money, but Lord, I have lived in the blessings of God. Lord, I'm nowhere near the giver that I ought to be, but I have learned that I can't outgive you. And I thank you for it. I bless your lovely name. Lord, I I know it was long, I'm sure it was scattered, I pray, God, we'd take it and use it where we can. In Christ's name, amen.